ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Helen Lewis, and I want to tell you about a podcast I've made for BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds. It's called The New Gurus, and it's about how everywhere you look on the internet, people are giving advice. Advice they claim will transform your life. Advice that gets some thousands, even millions of devoted followers. These online prophets are telling us how to eat, how to think, how to get rich, how to find love, how to manage our time. So how exactly are these gurus changing our lives and the world around us? And who holds them to account? Find out by subscribing to The New Gurus wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Dapper, dapper, dapper. He's back with a new podcast. Oh, here we go. And he's chatting absolute bollocks. 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 What a lemon squeezer. And he's got a small knob receding hairline and massive areolas. Hello and welcome to my podcast, which I've changed the name of to Chatting Bollocks because I felt that the power of positivity was a little bit condescending and a bit too self-help and I thought I was cutting out all the people that are here for my comedy and just focusing on people that uh, are dealing with mental health stuff. It's still going to be about that, but I just thought soon as I had taken such a nosedive over the last two weeks in regards to negativity, my own mental health and falling into a bit of a bad patch where I had to step away from social media and I got depressed. I thought, fuck this stuff, power of positivity. I'm just going to chat bollocks, right? Because it is impossible to be happy and positive all the time. And I was riding high, had a dip. So now I've changed my whole mantra. It's about, it's okay if you get down and you're a bit pissed off or you fuck something up like I did. Um, It's about trying to be positive. It's about trying to be happy. And it's about trying to get through life instead of this shit that I was on before where positive vibes, good vibes only because it's just not realistic, man. And I don't think it's healthy to try and be happy all the time. Sometimes you got to lose your shit, which I did at the weekend. That's why I took a week off social media. But here we are. It's my podcast. If if this is your first time tuning in, I talk about my own personal struggles, my own personal funny stories, a lot of stuff that's never come out since I've been in the public eye. This is like a little private thing between me and you. So whoever you are, wherever you're sat, if you're in your bath, um, careful not to get your phone wet or your minge. Um, <laughs> or if you're a geezer, don't touch your dick while we're listening. Um, if you're in a car or something like that, hello. If you're at home in bed, shh, calm. If uh, if you're out and about or you're just chilling, man, listening. If you're listening to it with your partner, fuck it, use it as foreplay. Here we go. Get up, boy. So, yeah, chatting bollocks is what I'm calling it now because I'm going to mix in all my personal advice in regards to pulling yourself back out of holes and trying to be a better person mixed in with some funny, crazy stories and whatever comes into my, into my mind. And I think I'm going to start this off with telling you a story that I've never told anyone in the media or in, since I've been in the public eye about when I had to have anger management therapy and um, I fucked up at the weekend where I responded to a troll which I've been trying not to do and not doing for years but sometimes these fuckers I just don't get ya if you're on Twitter giving people shit and abuse and being horrible to people just remember you don't know who you're talking to or what they're going through and you're a fucking knobhead and um, 
yeah, just if you're out there and you're one of these people that tweets me or inboxes me or writes on my comments, like, giving me shit, yeah, just do me a favour, right? Don't do it, right? Just DM me, ask me where I am or have a look where I am, turn up and just say it to my face so I can respond accordingly um, because it's embarrassing when I do it on Twitter and stuff like that because I fucking hate you shit cunts. Anyway, positive vibes, but we're calling it chatting bollocks because I just want to be a bit more free and I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast. I'm thinking it's going to grow into something more beautiful. Now, listen, let me just tell you where I am. I'm sat in my man cave, so I'm back in the UK. I've just taken a week off social media. I feel fresh. My creative juices are flowing again. I had to step back because I was getting really depressed and down, and I was just responding wrong online. You might be able to hear the rain, listen. You can hear the rain. The rain's dripping down. It's quite a nice, surreal feeling. I've got my earphones on. I'm just speaking to you. It's just you and me now. So, yeah, let me start. Let's go back to when I was a kid. I've always dealt with this anger management stuff. And I want you to relate to this. If you're sat there now and you've got someone at work that's pissing you off, if you've got someone in your family that's fucking annoying you, if you're prone to road rage or getting pissed off with stupid things, listen to this, right? Because I'm talking to you. I want us to go on this little journey together. But first of all, I want to tell you how this shit affects me. So a long, long time ago, it came up that I should go and get some anger management counseling. I'm talking about about when I was 20 or 19 or 20 or 21 or something like that, I was getting in a lot of fights. Um, I was causing a lot of shit. I used to be quite mouthy. I didn't like bullies or people that thought they were hard. I was growing up in Clapham, so we were out and we were going to a lot of clubs and bars and there was a lot of trouble and I used to fucking love it. But my mates started getting the hump. The girls that I was with didn't like all the fucking drama and um, I was also being shitty to people in my family and I was a bit depressed. So it was my first proper bit of... Uh, counselling, right? So, And it was anger management. I, I just couldn't understand why I was always angry. I think a big part of the reason why I was angry, I had these dreams when I was younger of being an actor and it turned out that that just weren't going to happen and I was working in an estate agents and I wanted to do comedy but I couldn't work out how to do it. I had all this sort of artistic um, stuff in my head that I didn't know how to put out or write or create and I wanted to be on the stage and this was before I went away and worked on the cruise ship so I was just sort of stuck in this rut of being a young lad with a normal job where I thought I was a butterfly and I wanted to fly. Um, See, I was angry. So I don't know if you've ever done this before. It's a really tricky thing to do, right? So the NHS put me on four sessions with uh, an anger management therapist and I went and sat down with him and it's fucking shit, right? You get the ump straight away. The geezer's always a little bit like, hello, so listen, uh, it's great that you're hearing anything that's said within these four. You're like, fucking shut up, you nonce, just talk normal. But they do that as part of a technique to lower you into a self um, sense of security. You're going to be safe. You're going to be safe. Show me your penis. No, so you're just sort of sitting there and they're like, right, let's start. And it's hard because everything they ask you about you've got a problem about, right? Especially if you're like me and you've you've got quite a lot of problems. I mean, they'd be like, so I can remember the first session, he was like, so your mum and dad, are they still together? Nah, nah, they're not, nah. Did they break up when you were quite young? Yeah, yeah, it's like you already knew, right? You already knew my shit. Right, was it quite a bad breakup? Yeah, yeah. Was it it a horrible time? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Did you feel alone? Yeah, I did. All right. And when did you move out? I moved out when I was 15, actually. I moved out when I was... And when, what, what happened when you, my mum moved to Cornwall? Actually, it was a, I lie. It was probably, I was probably about 16. Something like I did at school. And your mum moved to Cornwall. And you moved, yeah, I was a man. I wanted to stay and do acting and stuff like that. Did you feel 
like you missed your mum. I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. And then he went on to start asking me about other things. Now, you bleed your heart out to this guy and he starts untangling stuff and you start feeling a little bit relaxed. And I'm thinking, right, first session's good. Second session's all right. I'm telling him a bit more stuff. Third session, he says to me, this is the one that fucking pissed me off. He was like, so let's talk about drugs. Have you ever have you ever sampled any drugs? And I was like, yeah, you know, everyone does drugs. Do you know what I mean? It's a thing, isn't it? People um, doing drugs. You know, it's cool. It's all right. It's nothing. But I ain't got a drug problem. And he's like, so let's talk through it. Have you ever smoked cannabis? And I was like, yeah, I used to do bongs and that at school. Do you know what I mean? Behind the bike sheds. It gets fucking whitey than that. He's like, okay, what about harder drugs like cocaine? Have you, have you, um, have you ever experimented with cocaine? I said, experimented? Nah. I stuck it up my nose, though. Get up! And he was like, all right, okay, well, you know. And then what they do is they try and relate to you, all right? So I can still hear this rain going, so I hope it doesn't ruin the podcast. But I think it kind of makes it kind of cosy. So just wrap up warm. Um, and he said, right. He, and then he, and he'd done this thing. And this is where our circle of trust sort of broke, where he went, um, okay, well, I've got to be honest with you and tell you something. I have also had my own experience with cocaine. And I'll tell you something, it wasn't good. I can remember at the end of it, I was sat with a big bowl like a cereal bowl full of cocaine up to the top and I was just doing it and doing it and doing it and at one point I thought to myself no I can't do anymore so I flushed it down the drain and I was like fuck off shut up mate what are you being a dickhead for why are you like we built all this trust why are you like what are you lying for what are you lying for and I had a few questions for him I said listen first off one how the fuck did you afford so much cocaine Where'd you get the money from? What was you? How long ago was this? We were, oh, I was a student. I was like, how the fuck do you afford a fucking bowl of coke? That's about fucking four grand's worth of cocaine. I should, no, mate. I've been through it. How do you afford it? Well, I can't remember the circumstance. I said, exactly, you can't. And first off, if you was going to fucking give up snipping cocaine and you was a student, you would have flushed it down the toilet. You would have gone and flogged it. So you could have bought some shit, some nice clothes or gone out on a smash or whatever you want to do when you was a student. Money's hard, right? Why are you lying? And he was like, okay. I've broke the circle of trust. I've got to uh, uh, be honest with you. That was that's a technique that we use as counsellors to try and connect with people. And I was like, "Well, this is a load of fucking bollocks, then, isn't it? I might as well lie to you as well." And he said, "No, listen. Let's not take a step backwards." In his fucking noncy voice, because next week is your last session with me, and it's going to go one or two ways. Either I'm going to recommend that you have four more sessions, or I'm going to set you free because you're you know, understanding where this anger is coming from. I was like, all right, cool. That's wicked. I can just get out of it and get out of it. So anyway, so then I left that session and this is where it gets interesting. At the time I was trying to do stand up comedy and uh, that weekend, it was on the Tuesday, the following weekend, I went out and done a gig and I lived in Clapham South and down in Clapham North, there was this comedy club and I was doing stand up comedy there. And after my show, I'd get pissed. I'd either get pissed before the show or during the show or after the show. If it was a good show, I'd get smashed. If it was a bad show, I'd get even smashed up. So I was just <laughs> fucked right after the show. And uh, we jumped in a taxi and we just had to go straight down the common to Clapham South. And I was with my mate Snook and this is, 110% a true story, right? I'm not lying to you. And um, we got in a cab and I was like, okay, let's go. And we set off and I was messing around in the back and I was like, ooh, who's got the money? Who's got the money? My mate Snoop's like, I ain't got no money. I was like, I got the money. I got them. But the cabbie didn't hear and he's like, what are you doing? Who's got the money? You're paying for the taxi? 
what are you doing? Oh my God. And I was like, no, no, we got the money. He goes, fuck this. And he fucking turned uh, and drove through the common and started heading towards Battersea instead of taking me home. Now I start shitting myself in my drunk, paranoid state. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? And I started getting scared, right? So I started kicking the plastic in the back of the cab. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I'm going to get fucking abducted. In fact, what I thought to myself is, this is it, man. Because, you know, we used to jump taxis back in the day, but we weren't actually doing it then, right? And I thought, this is this is what's going to happen. This taxi driver, right? He's going to take us to a secret location where all the other taxi drivers that have ever been robbed or that are on a lunch break or whatever they all wait there and every time you get someone that's going to jump you take them to the secret location all the taxi this is what my mind was thinking I was fucked in the head all the taxi drivers going to jump out and kick bash the granny out of you I thought I ain't going down like this I still got a life to live I'm too young so do you know what I did I called the police in the back of the taxi I was like hello is this 999 I'm getting abducted they was like what's going on I said I'm in the back of a taxi they was like okay where are you and I was like I don't know he's gonna kill us and I was like shitting myself while I'm on the phone this geezer's fucking pulled up and jumped out of the cab and ran in the building I'm like what the fuck where's he going he's gone to get the other taxi drivers so I smashed the fucking window of the cab I had a bag of beers that we got before we got in the cab because we were going back for a bit of a sesh smashed the fucking uh, window smashed the cab right jumped climbed out through the window and I thought if I catch him before he gets to the other taxi drivers it's all good I ran in <laughs> I could get him I see him standing at a counter weirdly I didn't, it didn't, I didn't clock what going on fly kicked the geezer in the fucking chest mate went down to the ground we started rolling around on the ground next thing get down put your arms behind your back I'm getting fucking arrested I'm like what the fuck this taxi driver had ran into Battersea police station Right, where he's going to tell the police that we're not going to pay the cab. I've smashed the window, run in, fly kick the geezer from the fucking front desk onto the floor, and I'm on top of him, scrapping with him, and I've been nicked. The cop has jumped over the counter, thinking this is the easiest day's work I've ever fucking done. Handcuffs are at bush against the floor. You're now under arrest. You do not have to say anything unless you anything you do say will be held against you. I went breasts. I'm joking. That's just a that's just a joke. But uh, yeah, and I got nicked, man. Put straight in the cells. That's it. Bing bash bosh in the morning when they interviewed me. He asked me my side of the story and that and I told him my side of the story and then fucking had a solicitor there and then got let out and bell and that's it got a letter through saying I got to go to court I'm like what the fuck right so then it's Tuesday morning I'm going for my next anger management um <laughs> going for my next anger management uh fucking talk right and I sit down I walk in he's like hi so how's it been you know, how are you doing since our last session? How do you think the sessions, how do you think the sessions are going? Um, do you feel calmer? And I'm like, mm, I don't want to tell him my legs sort of shaking. And he's like, okay, I sense you're quite tense. Has something happened? What, did you have an argument over the weekend? And he's like, I'm like, mm. he's like, look, just let it out. I said, okay, well, I got fucking smashed on Friday night, got a taxi, ended up kick bashing the fuck out of the taxi, jumped out, chinned the cab, chinned the cabbie in the, in the fucking police station, got arrested, I'm getting done for GBH and criminal damage, right? Go, go, cool. Giggs was like, fuck. I was like, yeah. Ah! Right. Let's book you in for another four lessons. I was like, fuck this. Uh, so there, that was my, <laughs> that's a fucking true story. But I went to court and uh, my, I got good solicitor and that. And I said, look, because, but basically because I'd rang the police and thought I was getting abducted. And I said, I said in court, I was like, what if that was your daughter? You know, and they was taken away. Taxi drivers shouldn't be able to do that. So, you know, and they was like, well, do you want to press charges against him? And I said, well, I don't want to press charges against him. Don't want him to lose his job, but I don't want to pay for his cab because I was scared. So, you know, we both got fucking let off. Um, and I got, I got a little bit of a fine for, for, for smashing his window. But, um, but yeah, that's from me to you. A little bit of a personal story. Don't tell anyone. <gasps> Woo!
I wish I could tell you all the times I've ever been nicked for doing something fucking stupid. But yeah, so here we are. And the reason why I wanted to start on a story about anger management is because, yeah, man, I responded online angry. I got a lot of anger in me, um, but purely because, purely from people that are giving me shit because I do a lot of stuff that I don't promote a lot of stuff uh, about mental health and charities and a lot of stuff personal personally with people that contact me and I spend a lot of time basically just trying to make people laugh, right? I know I've said some stupid shit in the past and I've paid the price for it and I've done some dumb shit, but I'm a fucking lad, right? But um, it just, it just, I just don't get people that are still abusive to me and still think that it's all right to talk to me like that. So yeah, um, took a bit of a nosedive with my positive vibes after that, but it was because of a big thing, man. It was, it was a slow journey that I went on. My trip home from Spain was was really difficult. Obviously, I had, you know, we left Spain. We were, I don't know if you've ever uprooted your your family. I got two kids, my missus, and two fucking dogs, and we moved over to Spain while the house is getting done. So moving back, moving there, and moving back is, is some stressful shit, mate. We got to put the whole fucking our whole life in storage and get it sent over. The dogs sent over. The dogs still ain't even here. They arrive in a couple of days. It's been fucking mayhem. And and while we were that stressed, I've got the kids, me, we've got Neve, who's, you know, nearly three now. We're still sort of, you know, weeing and pooing and stuff like that. It's quite a stressful process. You know, if she doesn't tell us, we have accidents. And then we've got Rue that needs to be fed. We've got both of them that are in our hands all the time. Then we had fucking four suitcases, a, a fucking uh, a car seat to put in the car. And we got to the airport. We managed to get there. Well, we managed to get there for, after driving through a storm. Flight delayed after flight delayed. Four fucking two and a half hour trip to another fucking airport on a coach with screaming kids. Got there and another seven hour fucking wait for the flight. So it was murder. Got home. Had to go and f- move into our new rented accommodation that day and kit it all out. Get a fucking TV. Get the internet. We still ain't got internet. Get it all set up. Didn't even have a fucking TV, right? It's been stressful. And then after that, because we've been so busy getting her into nursery and setting stuff up, I, I stopped going to the gym. I haven't been able to go to the gym every day. So I started feeling lethargic and fat. And then I was eating shit because we had to eat quick. And then I was boozing because I was back with my mates. So I was out getting on it, which didn't help. And um, it was just going day after day after day after day. I was getting more like annoyed, angry. I haven't had time to create content, which is what I love doing. Um, it's like a, a real addiction for me. Every day I want to put something out uh, to make sure that the people that are, are tuned in know that I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm still here thinking about them. And then that shit happened at the weekend, and it all just come out, and I fucking. You know, it's been a bit of a shit one, but now a week off. I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. Um, I'm looking at uh, next year, what I've got to do next year. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people, after the success of my uh, Good Vibes Only show, a lot of people come to me and ask, you know, do you want to do a tour, UK tour? But I don't. What I want to do is I want to do a residency. I want to do a monthly stand-up show uh, somewhere uh, that's small and intimate where I can interact with the crowd loads, not these big shows. Um, so I'm trying to sort that out. Also, a bit of news. Bit of news. Um, yeah, so the first ever sort of mixed martial arts um, MMA, uh, you know, like UFC. It's not UFC, but MMA, you know, celeb MMA. You know, they do like the celeb boxing. Well, this company's doing celeb MMA. It's a lot of YouTubers and Instagrammers and 
a couple of TV personalities and that, and they approached me and I turned it down because of the person they wanted me to fight. It was a fucking meathead. Um, but it looks like I'm doing it this Christmas, which is going to be great so I can get fit and, and get involved in it. Um, and I'll tell you more about that. That should be fun. They'll do like a pay-per-view and tickets. It's going to be up in Newcastle. So I'm looking forward to getting fit for that. But yeah, talking of boxing, I went to a boxing event, um, which I always go to, uh, which is the Ultimate Fighter. And um, yeah, just, you know, they offer you, offer you VIP and all of that stuff to go there. And, you know, I ended up just sitting down with, you know, downstairs and getting right amongst it and watching watching from um, from ringside, which was great. And um, it was good fun, really good fun. But this is where it all sort of started for me at the weekend, because when I went upstairs, there was a lot of celebrities up there. There's a lot of like people from TOWIE and The Only Way is Essex. There was like pe- a lot of people from Love Island and everything like that. And I always feel slightly awkward because I can, t- especially if they're all on TV, if they're currently on TV, there's like this air about them where they know who I am but they can't be associated with me because of press or because of bad press, especially if they're on ITV and you can see that they're like higher, but they don't. And I used to go over to them and talk to them and be like, you know, I'm part of the crew. I was on TV. I've done big brother, you know, and, um, and you can see them sort of shine away. They don't want to selfie or they don't want to be pictured with you. And after a while, I just thought, fuck that man. This, it, that ain't my life anyway, is it? Like, I, I blew up on social media. I, I've had a bit of fun on TV. It didn't work out for me. It's just, I'm not just not built like that. Am I? I'm just too, I think outspoken. So to stick to being like a social media comedian, man. That's that's what I love. I've got my own little crew of people that love my stuff and listen. Stick to that. Um, so I sort of avoided the whole sort of celeb vibe up there. And we went to go and sit down. There were some tables at the corner. And when we went over there, there was that Lauren Goodyear. Um, and this is where it all sort of started for me at the weekend. I think this was on a Friday and I was drunk. And she was really fucking rude, man. She had this little entourage with her. And we sat by, stood by this table and put our jackets. And you could see everyone was scarpering to get a table. You know, they didn't want to the celebs don't want to stand up they want to be sat down so they don't have to mingle with normal people people have got to come over and get pictures it's all a bit fucking wanky and um you know i put just put my jacket down on this on the seats by this and she went this is our table move your jackets this is our fucking table and I, when i went to speak to her she just went oh and like sort of looked away and then said something else like under her breath about how she knew and then she knew who I was and she didn't care or some fucking shit like this. But I was just like so nice, like cool, all right, we moved the jackets. I said to someone that was with her, look, I apologise if that, and they were a bit rude. And the people that I was with, um, they're not in the industry and they, they love trouble. So I had to sort of move them away because they were up for fucking having it with the lads that they were with. And I was like, just move away. Come on, man, fuck it. But it festered because she'd done it in front of so many people and a lot of people saw it. And I got a bit drunk that night. And when I woke up in the morning, I was telling my missus about it. My missus was like, don't worry about it. And I was like, nah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I shouldn't. But I'm fucking terribly insecure. And not just that, the anger management was in me and it was playing on my mind. And I thought, how dare you think you can fucking talk to me like that? I don't know you. And plus, I'm fucking nice. Do you know what I mean? I could tell her, I could see her telling people to stay away and not ask for pictures. And if anyone ever comes up to me and asks for a picture, I'm like, fucking sweet, man. I, I, you know, I'm privileged to still have people that, that that think I'm cool enough to have a picture. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving it. Do you know what I mean? Doing videos a lot, getting my dick out and that, saying touch it. No, too much. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, I woke up in the morning and my missus was like, ignore it. It doesn't matter. What, 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 why does that bother you? Look at us. We're in bed with the kids and whatever. And then when she got up to get ready, I'd done this tweet where it was out of order, man. I tweeted like, um, the highlight of my night last night was her, you know, and I added her, Lauren Goodger being horrible to me and, 
She looked surprised and some shit, you know, saying she's got a man's head or something like that. And it was out of order. And uh, But I was still drunk, I think, and I was angry. And plus, I was on a negative downer. And when I put it out, fucking, it started, everyone started retweeting. And then fucking hundreds and hundreds of people started slagging her off. And I thought, and at the time, I was enjoying it. I, thought, I was thinking, yeah, fuck you, innit? Fuck you. But then as I sobered up later that day and I looked at it, I thought, fucking hell, she's probably on the, on the other end of this. Feeling like shit, feeling exactly the same fucking way that I feel when people are fucking horrible to me. So I was like... Oh, why did I do that, man? And then I, that that's when I started getting the abuse about about my shit. So it's like a negative cycle. It's karma. It's fucking karma. And I was so, so disappointed in myself. I deleted that tweet. I deleted my other tweets. I deleted the videos that I put on Instagram. I was so ashamed of myself that I just thought to myself, do you know what? Fuck this. I'm, I'm turning my phone off and I'm just fucking concentrating on the kids because I was angry and moody in front of the kids. And I thought, I'm just going to take a week out man because I'm not being myself I'm just being a dick and um, that's why I changed the name of the podcast I've been thinking a lot about what I want to do and I'm, I'm doing some more I'm writing stand up for social media around news articles first one's going out on Saturday and um, I thought I changed the name of the podcast to positive vibes only to chatting bollocks because I am chatting bollocks man I'm, I'm passionate about being positive, but I make fucking big mistakes myself as well. And that's what I want to communicate to anyone that's listening. Listen, man, we're all making big mistakes. We're going to continue to make mistakes, but you can't become a better person uh, until until you make those mistakes. And it's only if you learn from them. I know it's like a cliche, but also we can't be happy all the time, man. We're going to be fucking moody sometimes. And if you can take anything from my last week, I've come back happy, stronger, fresher. I've come back with like a new creative energy where I just want to entertain uh, but I had to step back from myself and my ego and I had to step back a bit so whatever you're going through in life if it's your family if it's something with work if it's if it's just something that's stressing you out if you're hanging around with your mates and they're doing your fucking nut and you're getting on the bugle all the time or drinking too much and that step back man take a week away from your life whatever your life is right now take a fucking week away from it I did and I concentrated on the people that I love and thought, you know what? I'm going to give you all my time and just give myself a fucking break. And um, I think as a result of that, I'm going to calm down a lot more now on, on what I'm doing and how I'm spending my time. So, all good. Wow. How long have I been talking to nonstop? I literally have not taken a fucking breath. 30 minutes. Oh, my God. I do chats from bollocks. I fucking chat some bollocks, didn't I? Right, yeah, so something that I wanted to uh, talk about, I get a lot of messages and I like to do a little section um, where people have sent me in stuff in my inbox um, that they want to talk about. And uh, I've written a couple of them out here. Uh, and the first one was, how can I be more confident? I'm very confident around my friends and I'm even confident with girls. But I'm not very confident when it comes to following my dreams, work or having ideas or even setting goals. How can I be more confident in life? Looking at you and everything you've achieved after everything you've been through is inspiring but bemuses me, I've got no idea where to start. Right, so confidence, I think, is something that you've definitely got to pretend before you've got it. And this is this is something that I swear I've always done. Even if it's a stand-up show, um, I will commit to it. Like we've done the Troxy show, 2,000 tickets. I thought, there's no way I'm going to sell that. Um, an hour show, how am I going to write that in time? But I just commit to it. I pretend that I'm confident, right? And you can put this into any part of your life. I pretend 
to myself, yeah, you, you'll be able to do it. I pretend that I'm confident. I pretend that I can sell it. I pretend that I can write it. And then I'm under so much pressure to do it that somehow out of somewhere, because I'm working hard after I've pretended, I'll make it happen. So I think you can pretend to be confident around people if you if you if you want a new job if you if you want a different career if you want to work for yourself why don't you start pretending that you've got the ability to do anything that you want right if you pretend that you've got the ability to do it and you're thinking to yourself no i'm just going to pretend for a while so i'm going to do the things that I would do if I did have the confidence or if I did have the ability and just start doing them and slowly what you'll find, you'll get yourself in such a fucking, <laughs> in such a fucking mess with the stuff that you're trying to achieve that all of a sudden you have to be confident and you have to do it. It's about reaching out and finding that new person that's inside you and all it is is that you're in there but there's someone else that is used to being at the top. If you imagine there's two of you, there's the person at the top that you've created that the world sees and there's the real you that's sort of hidden behind it. And at the moment, you're just putting the person out that, that everyone can see that's safe. That's cool. This is this is my exterior person. This is my shell. It's almost like a mask, but of your whole body, if you imagine. And this is who I'm going to be today. Hi, I'm Dan, and I'm safe, and I don't really want to take too much risks. And you know what? Life is all right, even though I'm a little bit pissed off with what's going on. I wish I could have more money. I wish that I could have a better job. I wish that I had a better house. I wish that I was doing this. I wish that I was doing that. But you know what? This is all right. Let's just keep it like this because everyone thinks I'm all right. Fuck that. Let everyone think you're a fucking mess. Who cares? Put the other person behind, the real you that's back there that wants everything. Put that forward. And then start thinking, right, what do I want? How do I do it? Let's just pretend that it's cool. It's going to work out. Let's pretend it's going to work out and we'll worry about it when it doesn't. All right? And then try and go for it. Write a new CV. Think of a new line of work. Think of a business. Or look, look for that raise. Or look for that promotion. Or go out and get that girlfriend. Or go and get that boyfriend. Or fucking dump that boyfriend that you don't want. Or dump that girlfriend that you don't want. Or whatever. Earn more money. You know? Get a better car. Whatever it is that you want, start fighting for it. And worry about it if it don't happen. But I'll tell you something now. What I've learned from my life is by the time you start worrying about it not happening, it's almost happened. And you've just got a little bit more work to do. Um, so to answer your question, mate, I hate to say it. they got that old saying, fake it till you make it. Um, you should never pretend that you're something that you're not. But you can certainly, certainly, certainly blag yourself into working hard by feeling... Um, that you are confident. And I'll tell you what, it will come, man. It will come. I promise you this. I don't want to go over my story too much, but believe me, you, I was sat at one point, no money, nowhere to live. Um, I lost everything. My dream of having my own TV show, which I got, lost it. Lost my tour, lost my manager, lost my money, lost my house, um, broke up with my missus. Um dad died i was like this fucked in it and then after wallowing in self-pity for that amount of time you're allowed to and things don't go your way i thought nah man let's just pretend it's cool let's pretend it's all right let's get back online let's start working let's start having dreams what do i want to do right and then somehow it's all right although i do still have my fucking moments as you can tell Ugh, chatting bollocks we love it how did you meet your partner shelly and any advice you can give to someone that's trying to fall in love or find someone to spend the rest of their life with? Whoa, that's a bit of a deep one, man. Um, 
I'll tell you how I met Shelley. I met Shelley, uh, I was on tour, my first tour, the proper moist tour, and uh, there was quite a lot of press around what I was doing, and I was doing a show up in Manchester, sold out, obviously, done no rude bear. And um, yeah, my agent called me and said, listen, when we get backstage, the Daily Star are going to send some models, they, they want to do a double page spread on you on your on your comedy tour, the sold out tour. And uh, they sent a couple of birds up there, and they were topless models. And one of them was Shelley, because Shelley was a glamour model. She used to model sexual lingerie. Uh, she used to do Zoo Magazine. You can find her if you Google it, but don't have a bash over it. And if you do, don't tell me. Uh, Zoo Magazine, you know, loaded back in the day, and she was page free, fucking for years, and all that stuff. And um, yeah, she was sat on my knee, was doing a photo shoot, and I was like, "You've got." a lovely set of personalities but i was like nah listen that's cool man you're 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 beautiful do you want to stay and watch the show and she was like nah it's not really my well she's like no i don't i bloody don't rightly so i bloody don't it looks fucking shite and i was like all right well if you don't fancy that do you want to go for a drink sometimes she's like me me dog me dog's in the fucking vets not very well so rightly so give over i gotta go and get me dog so hurt his fucking leg or something like that. She had to go and get a dog, right? And I was like, okay, cool. So can I get your number? She goes, fucking DM me on Instagram. I might get back to yours. And I was like, all right, cool. But I was like, I ain't leaving this one because that is a sweet heart. And uh, yeah, I worked on it, man, for fucking weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was back up doing another show in Manchester and I arranged to meet her. And she turned up at a hotel Big, big Manchester Hotel. I can't remember what it's called now. I think it's the Hilton right at the top. And I was like, yeah, wicked, man. She's going to come down. I'm going to shag her. It's going to be sweet. Nah, she turns up with her best mate that's a lesbian. Just me. I thought it was a date. But it's her, a lesbian friend. And uh, yeah, it's freezer crowd. But fuck it. Uh, she got to know me. I got to know her. Her friend got to know me. And, you know, it's great. We spoke. Fast forward a couple more months. I still ain't cracked it. But I was working on it. And then... Uh, you know, start spending a bit more time. She moved down to London for work and stuff like that. And bish, bash, bosh. Next thing, I was shaking knuckle, brother. Don't worry about that. And once a girl gets the good stuff from Dapper, mate, she ain't going nowhere. It's like an addiction. Addiction. <laughs> My addiction. Do you know what I mean? It was shining. Um... But that's rude. I'm sorry if you're listening to Shelley and, uh, or Shelley's parents or uh, my parents or Shelley's father especially. Um, but yeah, no, and that was it. We've had a, we had a rocky start, man. I mean, she was with me. We were on and off. I was up and down. I was doing a lot of work. And then obviously a couple of, or a year or so into our relationship, mate, oh, fucking everything went wrong for me. I went into depression. My dad died and she stuck by me through all that. And now move forward. You know, I had to go up and, and, and sleep in her mum and dad's spare room when I lost everything up in Manchester for about two, three weeks, depressed, because my dad had just died, and her family put up with that, so, you know, and now we've got two beautiful kids, uh, a man cave, get up, and we're building the house, um, so that's how I got with Shelley, but to answer your question, how do you go out and meet someone, well, I'll be honest with you, I don't, I mean, I think that fucking internet dating's cool, right, but I don't know, man, I mean, like, if I met a girl on internet dating, I'd be like, fucking, you know, how many dates had she, internet dates had she had? Especially Tinder, because, you know, just getting, fuck, it's like a bukkake party on Tinder, do you know what I mean? Just, if you're fucking matching with a girl on Tinder and she's popping over for a shag, she's had a bit of dick. That's all I'm saying. Just like the guys on there have had a bit of minge, do you know what I mean? They should change it to fucking, from the name Tinder to fucking, 
Herpinder because it is riddled. So I don't know if internet dating is the right thing, but me personally, I used to have a TV show about fucking teaching men how to get with birds, and a lot of it is all down to confidence, but also talking, man. When you're out and about, this is any advice I give to a man or a woman or anyone out there that's looking for someone. I think that if you're in a nightclub or a bar and you're trying to chat someone up, it's too much. It's so much of a cliche. It's hard. In a bar, maybe it's cool. Get a number. Don't try too hard. Don't try and go back with them. Get a phone number. Carry it on on text. But I'm... I'm a firm believer of that the the best way to strike up conversation and to actually get to know someone is in simple places like uh, Tesco's or a bus stop or if you're fucking queuing up or if you're on a train. If you're in a situation where it's just normal everyday life and you see someone quite attractive, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going, how are you today? And then... Just force yourself to say, how are you today? Because if you just say, how are you today? They're either going to go, I'm good, thanks, and fuck off. Or they're going to go, I'm all right, how are you? And and then you're fucking balls deep. Then you're fucked. Then you're in. It's the same as what I was saying before. Pretend you're confident until you are. So if you just say, how are you? When they go, I'm all right, how are you? You're like, fuck! oh shit I've got nothing but you will have something you'll be like I'm alright I'm good even if you just go I'm good sorry I wanted to say hello because I think you're beautiful where are you from even if you're embarrassed man sometimes girls or guys will find that endearing and everyone likes to get chatted up but obviously sometimes it's sexual harassment just try and gauge it right don't fucking punch too high because believe me um, you'll know about it just you know be cool man and don't try and be cheesy but the key to it is every time you see someone that you'd like to talk to, stop thinking about it, man, and just talk to them. I mean, I'll probably get some shit for saying that, you know, but fuck it. Go find your love! Right! Let's see how long I've been doing. Uh, I don't know what is going to happen with this podcast. 40 minutes, fucking hell, I chat some shit! Or I chat bollocks. I don't know what is going to go on with this podcast, guys, but what I want to do is I want to keep doing it. I might change it to weekly if enough of you are interested. Tell your friends about it, please, because I want to get the viewer, viewing numbers up, so I feel like it's definitely worth doing enough of you are tuned in. But I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I've got, I like the idea of getting guests on, but I need to turn it into something. I need to get a nice little fan base of it um, to stick with it. And yeah... This is it, I think. I think I'm going to wrap it up there, but I need some feedback. So you would have seen a post for this on Instagram. So jump on Instagram, give me a little post. Let me know if it's too long, too short. Let me know what stuff you want more of, less of. Let me know any ideas. I want this podcast to grow uh, between us, okay? And it is. It's molding. I've changed the name. I've changed the branding. And um, I, But I, I'll tell you one thing that I promise I will do every time. I'll give you uh, an unedited unscripted, uh, complete, blasé, no-holds-barred piece of myself and how I'm feeling and what I'm talking about and what's going on in my life and me, I'll give you that. If you listen, I will just talk openly and just be honest with you um, and hopefully entertain you. So let me know if you've enjoyed it. Oh, text message. It's your mum. Come pick up your boxes. They stink. Gotta go. Your mum's calling. That was Chatting Bollocks with me, Daniel O'Reilly. I hope you enjoyed it and let me know your feedback. And listen, stay happy. Dapper, dapper, dapper. He's back with a new podcast. Oh, here we go. And he's chatting absolute bollocks. Bye.
Bollocks! 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 What a lemon squeezer. And he's got a small knob receding hairline and massive areolas. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Christopher Kimball, host of Milk Street Radio. If you'd like to change the way you cook and also think about food, please check out the Milk Street podcast. We travel around the world to find pizza in Tokyo, Egyptian food in Berlin, and Bhutanese farmers in Vermont. We speak to Jamie Oliver, Rachel Ray, Al Roker, Ina Garten, as well as Michael Twitty, Marcus Samuelson, and Alice Waters. And we'll introduce you to recipes that will change the way you cook, from bright pink Tottenham cake to Afghan dumplings to shoyu sugar steak, and that one is direct from Hawaii. It's a whole new world of food right here on Milk Street Radio. Please check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts, or go to 177milkstreet.com. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs>